Hello friends, it's Grania Tyndall here from Numbers for Success with another podcast for you. And today's date is October the 4th, 2020. And I'm recording this a little bit earlier because I'm taking myself away for a week to the sun, to a green spot uh, that's on the green list here in Ireland just to get a some sun on my body and just to be able to rest on a beach so I will actually be posting this um, podcast a day early and I will then be doing my following podcast a day late so you'll get your podcast the following week probably on the Tuesday unless I get time to do it on the Monday where I I am in Cyprus so dear friends once again I always start with gratitude thank you so much for all your support for my work for all the beautiful comments how much you're enjoying the podcast and it's my absolute pleasure to do these because I enjoy them so much because for me it is also a way of learning but passing on the information which means that I can get more information back as usual if you want to become a patron of my work please check it out at uh, patreon.com slash numbers for the number four in the middle numbers for success so thank you friends so today, as it happens, it's the it's the fourth of October, and um, there is an anniversary today. Now it is in the Catholic tradition, um, and it's a man called Francis of Assisi, and today is his anniversary. And for me, um, I've been to Assisi a number of times. Um, I love Italy, and Assisi is just a magical place. It's of literally going stepping back to medieval times, cobbled streets. You know the clothes hanging from um, the windowsills and that sense of wonderment uh, apart from the beauty a uh, natural beauty of the place and the basilica in um, Assisi what I found so incredible about it when I went there about 25 years ago was that it brings people of all denominations all age groups it's a space well it used to be anyway I don't know what it's like right now as we're going through this uh, this lockdown but the place itself is just built um, on a hill and it is overlooking a valley and it is the most beautiful basilica and when you go into the crypt and you see you can actually still see the remains of the man called Francis who really was um, a nonconformist in his own way and it's interesting I wasn't even planning to speak about him but this has literally just come out of my mouth as I'm speaking because um, we're going to be looking at that today nonconformity but Francis was from a very wealthy family and you know his his father and mother had given him a very nice lifestyle he had been educated and there was great plans for him to go into the family business and Francis decided he wasn't having any of it and he had a visitation and um, from from he said it was Jesus and was told that he had to start a um, a monastery which he duly did but also he um, was great friends with um, Claire who he start she started a convent but together they did tremendous work it's not just about the religious piece I'm not relating to that at all I'm relating to he was quite a mystic he gave away absolutely everything he owned and he started from scratch and he built you know a community which really helped you know at the time really helped people to um, the ethos of of being the best version of who you can be so as I say I wasn't actually planning to speak about him but he 
felt I felt I just had to. So we've been working with the A to Z guide of um, solutions for everyday living and we'll go through them again. So A has been acceptance, B has been balance, C was conform, uh, compassion, <laughs> uh, D was determination, E was equilibrium, F was forgiveness, um, G was, um, oh goodness, gratitude, um, uh, G, H was hope, I was individuality, um, J was non-judgment, K was kindfulness, L was love, and M was mystery, and N is non-conformity, and I guess I just gave you an example there of um, good old Francis from Assisi, and what he had to do, and he died quite young actually, as I find most non-conformists do. Um, um, for those of you who have been listening to my work or following my work, I have a massive interest in music and art and obviously people who have, I feel, broken through the barriers of not conforming to what society um, suggests they, the word should. I guess I'm a nonconformist and uh, I always have been. So for me, you know, I just feel a natural affinity with people um, men and women who have done this through the through history and I have a huge interest in history and today we're going to talk about um, well relate to a few people but the first person is a man called Henry David Thoreau and I really love he, he was a, um, a writer and a poet in the mid, mid uh, 1800s in in the United States and he was most definitely a non-conformist he he was a Harvard graduate, but it just didn't fit right for him. So he decided he left everything, which we'll talk about in a moment, went on to be a writer and a poet to satisfy his soul urge. And he, um, he was a force in the New England transcendentalists, uh, along with Emerson, who loved nature, freedom and individuality. So Emerson was a wonderful man. Ralph Waldo Emerson was born in 1803 and he died in 1882 and Henry David Thoreau was born in 1817 and died in 1862 so there was a little bit of an age difference there. So this is what Henry David Thoreau said about non-conformity. If a man does not keep pace with his companions perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer let him step to the music which he hears, however measured and far away. So I love those words because that says, you know, dance and walk to your own beat, um, take your risks, follow your dreams, you know, don't be worried about what other people think. And, you know, it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Um, and sometimes that loud inner voice is our soul urging us to do what we had promised we would do and fulfill in this life. Um, I mean, I have witnessed personally and also professionally, but also as a someone who's very interested in people, um, you know, I've observed in general society always likes and honors people who live in conform and conform. And, and and then 
you know, people who have been non-conformists. It's only when they die it seems to be accepted. Um, and that's another thing I'm planning to do at some point. Um, I want to do a podcast on the 27 Club um, and try to do a little bit of explaining as to the reasons why, in terms of numerology, why a lot of the famous stars and, and actors um, and people who, you know, who have lived a fast, non-conformist life die around the age of 27. That's another podcast. Keep it listening out for that. But in terms of Thoreau, um, basically all those, I believe, who have really made a difference in, you know, listening to their own inner voices have been non-conformists. And they're people who... Um, they really listen to their soul purpose they break free because for example uh, Thoreau actually broke away completely from society he went and lived in a forest and he wrote he wrote a number of essays one that was called um, on the necessity of civil disobedience and sure he was jailed he was jailed and, um, and, and and he was thrown into prison and he was considered absolute, it was absolute ridiculous reading. And apparently now it's used in high schools in America. So um, basically he did not, he wanted to, his own beat to be the beat of his own drum and literally his own soul's purpose. And, you know, he spoke about the savagery of how the white men were killing the Native Americans and he just he found it really difficult he couldn't cope with it and he wrote about it and of course that did not go down well either so he said he recognised that this was a holocaust of some sort so he said right I'm out of here so he left to live in nature and he was a he started with the non-transcendentalists and he worked with them and he you know he was revered as a troublemaker and he just just couldn't cope with what was going on in society but yet he, he did do work from a distance but didn't want the notoriety so I suppose you know maybe for yourself refuse to evaluate yourself um, as sane or insane on the basis of how you fit in with the expectations of those around you if you feel it and it harms no one then it's authentic and very sane and I really believe that um, so remind yourself that you will have to incur the misunderstandings and probably the wrath of those who don't understand you. And, you know, I know as a parent myself, sometimes parents tend to say to their children, oh, you must do this, it's for your own good. But really, okay, obviously when they're children, children, that's different. But when, when they're of an age, they, they can, when young people can make their own decisions, that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to help these young people to grow and evolve and to figure out their own destiny. Um, and really what's important is, you know, to make sure that you march to your own drumbeat. I feel the best way to teach people anything is by walking and talking your own beliefs. And, you know, look at the people in your lives, your family, your friends, your lovers. Um, and, you know, really enjoy and watch who conforms and who doesn't. And and don't judge it, like, of course, but just to expect, accept it. Because the more you do that, the more then you can live in your own nonconformity. And I feel today, and what's going on right now in the world, you know, we need people to stand up. And that's what I'm going to talk about now, because the month of October that we're in, and have you seen that full harvest moon? Oh boy, it is stunningly beautiful. 
it is enormous and it's just filling the whole earth and skies so there's a prayer of thanks again prayer don't feel freaked with that it's just a message and a good old ralph waldo emerson that was a you know a compadre of of our friend there um good old Thoreau. and uh, this is a prayer of thanks that he used to say for each new morning with its light for rest and shelter of the night for health and food for love and friends for everything thy goodness sends father in heaven we thank thee oh there's a prayer from the 1880s so october signals the midpoint i believe of our autumn and all the deciduous trees have reached the height of their beautiful colors and the air is crisp and it's you know for me i love autumn i just love that time of you know i know it's the end of the summer but it's the beginning of another season and certainly like around the world you know people celebrate the various traditions of um all saints day some people call it but it's also halloween of course and you know trick-or-treat and i know a lot of traditions that are used in the states like um trick-or-treat came from ireland actually so traditionally uh, Irish people on the eve of All Souls Day which is the 1st of November um, and also the it's the beginning of the Celtic uh, calendar it's a Celtic New Year so on Halloween on the 31st of October people would light um, a candle inside a turnip they put a turnip because we didn't have obviously um, the pumpkins so that was the tradition brought over by the emigrants and um, the trick-or-treating probably was to do with, you know, just people come visiting and a calling and, you know, the, the pukas and the, the ghosts and so forth. But um, originally, you know, Halloween or to make hallow or to make holy is an evening to venerate the unseen world and, and to honour the souls who have gone before us. And that would have been a very important tradition here in Ireland. Um, and so whilst we certainly have a lot of people have left that tradition behind it still lives on with you know you see the skeletons and the ghosts and the whole lot um so in ancient europe harvest festivals such as oktoberfest in germany were held and that's still going on well it was i don't think any of that's happening this year um and there you know it was basically a celebration of the years late of the, the falls crop or the the crop from the autumn so but the biggest thing i feel about um october is about letting go and letting be and good old george bernard shaw i think he best described it um when he talked about october in these words he says a day's work is a day's work neither more nor less and the man who does it needs a day's sustenance a night's repose and due leisure whether to be painter or plowman so basically our labours um, leading to the harvest are important but it's also about let, leaving the fields behind and letting that go so letting go and letting be I think they're two processes that they probably challenge most of us every day especially during times of change and the state of letting be requires us to increase our levels of trust and acceptance of what is actually occurring in the moment without pushing or holding back to attempt to create a different experience now it's easier said than done again but letting go is a willingness to release in the moment what might impede our progress 
and during times of harvest or nature reminds and challenges us to notice our capacities for letting be and letting go and there's a wonderful theologian called Matthew Fox and he says that as a species we have much to learn about the deeper lessons of living and being human and there's four important ones and he's relating to what really goes on when we're on our own or maybe in the depths of the night so the dark night as a learning place the softening and watering of the heart the awakening of imagination play and the creative impulse nourishes the quest for repose and the purification of our longing what do we truly treasure truly long for and what sacrifices are we willing to undergo to obtain that which we long for so all four of these deeper lessons of life require us to be and to let go and facing what we learn in the dark night compels us to let go of self-deception or illusion to let be and accept where we are now and where we are not so awakening to what nurtures us means letting go of what does not nurture us and letting be what does so our longings when purified by clarity allow us to align with what is meaningful and provides fulfilling growth so achieving clarity requires the unintentional sacrifices of letting go of what is not in alignment with our longing and um, it's it's something that is you know the word sacrifice for example it comes from the root word um, uh, sacra which means to make sacred so once we are clear about what is important in what we long for we can recognize the issues and obstacles that are in our way and it is through that dark night of the soul um, you know what and I always find in the middle of the night can physically be the dark night of the soul when there's silence around you or you could be on your own or even if you're with somebody you still may feel alone and you need that space in order to gather your resources so um, I feel Matthew Fox has it's very interesting what he talks about there and this is about the harvest of letting be and letting go um, and I suppose the question to ask you is what circumstances allow you to attend to the deeper lessons and livings of being human that we've spoken about there what are you letting be and what are you letting go of in your work relationships health or within yourself that is true so maybe you can look at that and usually harvest time is associated with community and the word community comes from common unity there you go did you know that and um, which comes from two Latin words that means fellowship and shared by all they're very clever and um, thanks for research but community oh god I mean we so need community at the moment and we really do need to we really need to even though we may not be able to all meet physically we need to commune together even via via social platforms or uh, zoom or a few people together i think it's vitally important for human spirit and it's it's so important that we do this because we need to gather together especially at a time of harvest where we're literally pulling and looking back on how far we have come like folks it's October in March we were told this is going to happen and here we are now in October it's, it's, it's actually quite hard to believe isn't it that we finally come this far 
and we've we've as you say we've made it through the night and uh we continue to do so and i was just trying to find my um little cards which usually have a message on them just to finish up and unfortunately i can't find them so um i'm just going to give you a message so have a wonderful day and have a wonderful week and i guess maybe what you can do is just to ask yourself you know what do you find you're longing for at this moment and what situations in your life are you willing to surrender and accept just as they are and just to allow them to be and maybe for this week that's what you can do and when we come back next week I'm going to talk a little bit more about October and a thing called social architecture now there you go and uh, we'll ask a few more questions a little bit more about letting go because I think that's an important period of what we're in right now so be safe be well be happy be joyful be love and be a non-conformist and until I see you next week maybe in Cyprus much love and blessings <laughs>